0: Welcome to the Ray of Hope Church podcast. We believe that hope changes everything, so get ready for an encouraging message from the Word of God. We pray that you would receive wisdom and revelation as you grow in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. righty, I really enjoy it. Thank you so much for being here tonight. My goal tonight is that you leave with more confidence in God. I think we can all handle that, don't you? Would you stand with me? We're going to pray, and then we're going to jump right in tonight. If you'd bow your hearts with me. Father, thank you for your grace, your mercy, your goodness. We pray, God, that you'd speak to our hearts through your mighty word tonight. In the mighty name of Jesus, everyone says? Amen. 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 You may be seated. Hey, wave a hi to your neighbor there. So I was thinking about this. I was thinking about how excited that I get to preach. So in some form or fashion, I've been preaching about 16 or 17 i was really in depth with the royal rangers program at a church here in duncan and i didn't really know what i was doing but they let me be in charge which was kind of weird but they did that anyways and young people got saved and all that good stuff that you hear about and then i think i preached my first sermon whenever i was 18 years old or 19 and um can't even remember what i preached on really um i just know i was super nervous and uh and and then I I got to preach a little bit there in Lawton and do some things like that and then down in Wichita Falls and I was just kind of giddy tonight again. I just thank God that I just it doesn't wear out. You know what I mean? You're just I'm always excited to share the word of God with one person, ten people or a thousand people. And uh, we get to do that. I know one of the greatest times of my life actually happened in an ice cream shop where a young lady was really struggling with the issue of homosexuality. She didn't understand why it was wrong biblically. And I took one of my youth workers up there with me, and she was 17 or 18 years old, and there was no screaming, no yelling, none of that, just over an ice cream cone walking her from Genesis to Revelation. She was looked at me at the end, she goes, I see it now. And I would say that's as exciting to me as being able to, when I was in college in a dorm room, and I had two of my friends One's passed on to be, I hope he's with Jesus, I, I don't know, uh, I, I wish I knew the answer to that. His life didn't re- really represent it. And another young man that actually does a lot for Channel 7 News, um, Kyle Weatherly. Um, you probably you guys probably know who I'm talking about. I, I, I dormed with those guys in college, and I remember sitting on a bed in, their, uh, in, in one of their dorms, and they really looked at me. It was my first time. I'm not in a foreign country. I'm not out of the Bible Belt. I'm not even away from Duncan area, really, just in Lawton. And they said, we have never really heard what Easter is about. Wow. And I remember sitting on that bed and saying, let me, let me explain to you about Jesus Christ and who he is. And then you fast forward, and it doesn't matter whether I'm sharing it with youth. Um, sometimes when I share it with junior high, I get a little bit nervous. <laughs> because those dudes, man, if you want to feel like you've <laughs> just go talk to some junior highers, man, They'll, you're like, why in the world did I ever get in ministry again, you know? Uh, but but I get just excited. And tonight it's the same thing as we continue Emmanuel God with us. And that's really my title, which is their sermon series. But that's the four words that I want to concentrate on, Emmanuel God with us. So if you want to open up your Bibles to Isaiah chapter seven, verse fourteen. Um, I did some extensive study on this, I won't bring all that here just so I can have confidence in what I'm saying tonight, uh, And uh, but I did, I, just so you guys know, just some of the things that I used, of course we used the strong concordance, also threw in the Greek lexicon in there, in a, in a Hebrew lexicon, which is really just a little bit different than a concordance. So what a concordance does is it takes, a, it takes a Hebrew or Greek word and translates it to English and then gives the definition. A lexicon, what it does is it takes like a Greek or Hebrew word and translates it to English, then takes the definition and translates it to English, if that makes sense. So there's a little bit of, of less word separation, if you will, kind of on the scholarly side. It's a little bit more scholarly approach. I would argue, though, Dr. Strong's was probably about as scholarly as you could get. He knew every Hebrew word in the Bible. That's pretty impressive. Um, but but just some of the stuff that we're sharing, because it's not just enough to know. You know what I mean? Like, we need to know that we know that we know, and I think the thing that we need to know more in the culture that we live in, especially in the cancel culture and things like that, is God gives grace. You know, this is what God dying on a cross is all about, amen? Is that there's grace that we get to enter into his kingdom, that he's alive in our hearts, and the Holy Spirit and all this stuff that can get confusing at times. Well, how do we deal with all that? Well, I think it's pretty well summed up, Emmanuel, God with us. So here in in Isaiah chapter chapter 7, verse 14, of course, 700 years before Jesus was born. um, Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel, um, which is interesting. We'll get to that here in a second, and it's God with us. And then you jump down to Matthew chapter 1, verse 23. We see that it's written to go back to proclaim the prophecy. And it says that this was done in order, to be, in order that the prophecy will be fulfilled. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. And there it spells it out, which means God with us. So we see that this is a very biblical principle, what we're understanding. And it's very important, as Pastor mentioned this morning, in the sense of beating a dead horse, if you will, I think it's incredibly important in our culture today that we understand that Jesus is not a representative of God. He's not an ambassador. Now, you and I are ambassadors, amen? That's what Scripture teaches us, but He is not. The Holy Spirit is not an ambassador of God. Father God is not an ambassador of God. These are, these are what we use to express, if you will. Amen. Uh, What Timothy, Paul's writing to Timothy, and he actually talks about God being manifested in the flesh, which is really a better word for it altogether, because it's biblical. We want to use biblical language every time we get a chance. But I was thinking about this, that sometimes we don't understand who's really with us, and we're going to break break those down. Who is God? What is with me? And certainly I think we can find out who us is (laughs) and why we needed God. Amen. But tonight that's what we want to leave with, it is a breakdown of this. Whenever we leave, we understand that we have got somebody, the Lord, on our side. Amen? And this is the thing. I didn't pick him. He chose me first. That's what should blow our mind, especially as cringy as the world is, that God would step down in human flesh. Amen? And, and here, there's some things that I've learned, and there's some things that I've learned because I know Christ. And that's our hearts and desires, that people really know God. And the way that we get to know God is because we know Jesus, amen? And, and, and there's some things. So just a couple of thoughts here. Maybe you guys can agree with this. That My first thought is this, that not everyone who claims to speak of God actually does talk about God. If you guys look at our culture, at our world right now, it's, it's really heart-wrenching in a lot of ways because you see some great leaders who have great potential that they will. Really really will be held accountable for that they're not preaching they're not preaching the gospel they're preaching a gospel but not the gospel and i've learned that everybody who suggests that they know doesn't really know i also learned about this that there really is a gift of freedom amen that before i knew jesus i thought i was free but i really wasn't free i was enslaved to bondage and sin and the things of this world and the emotions and all the stuff that comes with that Then in 8th grade at Empire Church down here at Fair Baptist Church, I remember I I bowed my knee, and it's as real to me today as it was in 8th grade. I remember walking into the office the other day. Sheila Newell sits behind the desk, and she was the youth pastor at Fair Baptist Church. And they had gotten together and done something where they had gotten youth there. I can't even really remember what it was. It was a special speaker And I let her know, I said, listen, what you and Ronnie did changed my life. And I appreciate that. That's her husband, Ronnie Newell. And that's one reason why we do what we do. That's the reason why we run buses, we're in the cafeterias, we bring chicken to (laughs) to, um, to, to tournaments and all kinds of stuff, because you never know. You never know. But I do know because of that, and I met Christ, it was just as real as it was today as it was then. And, and I found out that I had a gift of freedom. I was enslaved to some things. Anybody else, you know what I'm talking about? We do, don't we? And, and then the third thing is simply this, that pain redeemed, pain redeemed is better than pain removed. That one hurts, doesn't it? Many times we ask God to pluck us out of the situation. Pluck us, God, pluck us. Get us out, get, get, get rid of this pain. But what we find is pain redeemed is better than pain just dismissed. And we know this, that whatever you're walking through this Christmas season or whatever you're walking through past this Christmas season, the pain that you have to feel, the pain that we feel because we're trying to do it for Christ, the pain that we feel, we know that God will not waste that. Amen. That there's going to be something redeemed from that. There'll be something that this side of eternity we will not know. But we do know that God will do something. Amen. And there's just some things, but how do I know that? Well, the reason why I can say that is because I know Christ. It's not just a thought. He's not just a mythical preacher like the unicorn or whatever, amen? That, that I know God because he lives within my heart. And I know him because he, he speaks to me and, and he shows me through his word and he loves me and he cares for me. And you guys know that too. So whenever we say that God is with us, we've got to know who's with us, that this is not, not some gangster, right, not some popular person, not somebody who just has a little bit of power, but this is the CEO of the universe that lives inside of us, that lives with us, that lives among us. See, he was the answer to the world. That's the reason why it says God with us. But as Christians, as children who believe in our Lord and Savior and submitted our life, now God lives in us. That's the reason why we can have such a great stance with firmly planted feet that I'm surrounded and I'm filled with my Lord and Savior. And that's good news. God, God with us. So whenever we go through this tonight here, God with us. If we want to start in John chapter 14, verses 18 through 20, we see here just simply the word God, if you will, or God as we know God. So Jesus is speaking and and it's and he says this i will not leave you as orphans i will come to you yet a little while and the world will see me no more but you will see me because i live you also live in some ways it's confusing because you see jesus and that's what we're going to kind of unpack a little bit here because have you guys ever worried have i prayed right Am I supposed to pray to the Holy Spirit? Am I supposed to pray to Jesus? Am I supposed to pray to Father God? Am I supposed to pray to God? Yes, 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 yes. Because it's God, amen? And here we see Jesus, I will not leave you as orphans. Wait a second, I I, I thought you were the Savior. I thought you were the one that made intercession for me. How, How are you saying you wouldn't leave me as an orphan? That's Father talk. Because Jesus is God. And and he goes on and he says, I will come to you. Now, many times we understand that means the second coming, but it also has a spiritual meaning as well, which is very spiritual, the second coming, but it also talks about the coming of the Holy Spirit. Because he's talking to men who will die before he comes back to get us. But yet he says in this statement, wait a second, I will come to you. Well, how is that going to happen? The day of Pentecost. Pentecost the Holy Spirit God comes to us and infills us. That's the reason why the Holy Spirit won't tell us different anything than Jesus would tell us different than Father God would tell us different. I mean, it is Emmanuel. He is God with us. It was interesting, I was doing a little bit of research on the, on the name Jesus, and we've, we've talked about this before, but the problem that we see that the Jewish leaders had a problem is whenever Jesus sat down and called himself I Am, he took on the very name of God. But really, the name Jesus in the Hebrew, or if you, if, excuse me, if you take the Greek, which is right above Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, when it's he, you shall call his name Jesus... It's interesting because it goes back to the Hebrew word Yehoshua. Which, which is the Hebrew road 3091 in the Strong's. And I want you guys to go, go check this out because it's very interesting. And then if you take that word and go back a little bit further to the 3068, it's Yehovah. And this is what Jesus means in Hebrew. This is what the word is connected to, if you will. Self-existence. Eternal. This was the name, this was the Jewish national name for God. Does that make sense? It's, it's God with us. I mean, he's God, he's God with us. And and that's the reason why he can make the claims that he made. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. I have been crucified with Christ, Paul writes. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Wait a second, so Christ lives in me? I thought the Holy Spirit lived in me. Because if we go back down to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 through 20, it says, or do you not know, Paul writing again, or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit within you? So, so, so within you, whom you have from God. You are not your own. You were bought with a price, so glorify God in your body. And I love it because, once again, we see Father God, we see Jesus, we see the Holy Spirit, we see God. Emmanuel, God with us. And it's an amazing thing. And we want to leave with confidence. We want to leave with confidence because I don't know about you, but sometimes I worry some prayer is happening and not happening like I prayed it. And I think sometimes, God, did I I pray right? Did I address you right? Did I do everything right? Because this is the thing that I know. The Bible is not meant to be hard, but theologians have made it difficult. I know I wouldn't get an amen, but they have. They have. I've read some of their books, and I was more confused when I started the book than when I ended the book, and it wasn't a good confusion. It wasn't a good challenge. And we see that in our culture today. We're going to take the Bible, and we're going to read it, and then I'm going to assume the meaning and live it out that way and think I'm okay. And that's not how we do it. We read the Bible. I was thinking about this. What we tend to do is see an illustration in the world, then figure out how to pluck that out and apply it to the Bible. What we need to do is read the Bible and see what God says, and then find the illustration that matches the Word of God, amen? But that's not what's happening. And it's causing difficulty in the simplicity of what we're trying to do. I love what Paul writes to Timothy. And this is very interesting to me. First Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. And I know you are familiar with this scripture, but in the light of everything, it's, just, it's interesting to me. Because Paul is writing his first letter to Timothy. He's in chapter 3, and I believe the letter is only four chapters long. So he's kind of winding down the letter, and this is what he says to Timothy. His young son of the faith probably got saved on a second missionary journey. Paul is up here theologically, which I think he's up here theologically because all the history that he had as a Jew and understood what the Old Testament said. And then you have, you have Timothy, who's raised up as a Jew. Probably his dad was a Greek, so there was probably some polytheistic teaching there somewhere because the Scripture never mentions that his dad got saved. And one thing that I would think is that Paul would mention that because Paul was a family guy even though he was single. Now, that's just my assumption. I want to be careful about assumptions because we know what that does to people, right? But you see that, and you see that he's writing his last... He's, he's writing his, his, his at the end of his first letter, and this is what he says. Timothy, great indeed, we confess, is the mystery of godliness. He, God, was manifested in the flesh, vindicated by the Spirit, seen by angels, proclaimed among the nations, believed on in the world, taken up in glory. And then if you read right before that... Paul uses language interchangeably. Jesus, God, the Holy Spirit. It's interesting how he talks about his theology to Timothy. And it's it's like if you read in there, it's not as difficult as people make it. Timothy, serve the Lord. Serve God. He will lead you. He will guide you. He will comfort you. He died for you. He'll be there for you. And it's amazing what God has gone to the lengths of to reach us as a world. That's what blows my mind. Because we look out in every capacity that we hurt as individuals. One of the things that our generation hurts over is having a male in the home to call a father. And and it's been through the ages, but we see it much more, especially as things wax worse and worse and, 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 and people grow selfish, but they have that example <laughs> through Father God. That's, right. That's amazing to me. That's amazing to me. And, and then in Hebrew, excuse me, then in Deuteronomy chapter six, verse one, the the one that we've heard so much here: "O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord." And I went back into that lexicon, and I went back into the Strong's, and I did some other research. And that one word does not mean unity. It means one. We make it so difficult. Whenever God is saying, "Listen, I'm here for you. I came wrapped in flesh, gave my life on you, sent my Spirit to you. Believe in me and follow me and do what you know that the Holy Spirit reveals to you to do." And then we go on. I love Hebrews chapter ten verse thirty-five, and this is this. Well, before we get there, let's go to Hebrews chapter four verse. Five here, Hebrews chapter 4. This won't be on the board. This is what Paul is writing, and it's talking about unity in the body of Christ as a subheading, but it talks about the mystery of the gospel revealed in Ephesians. Of course, if you know the town of Ephesus, man, or the city of Ephesus, it was a come and go. It was kind of a metropolitan area, different views, different things, and, and whenever the scripture was written, we have to understand that it was written in a poly, which means many. It was written in a polytheistic society. It was written where they had gods for everything. It was kind of like India. India has over 30 million gods. That is a lot to memorize. And and, and it's crazy because they're one of the poorest nations. They're one of the nations that's filled with the most hopelessness. And and all they have to show for 30 million gods that they say is all powerful is a caste system. Which does nothing but push you to the bottom every time. But we don't have that, do we? We have... Christ here so so Paul is writing here it's interesting to me Paul is writing he uh Ephesians chapter 4 verse 5 one Lord one faith one baptism one God and father of all who is over all and through all and all in all all in all we don't have to look any further do we and it doesn't mean we have to have it all figured out if there's one thing I've learned on my journey, I don't have it all figured out. About the time I really think i got something figured out, about three more things hit me. I'm like, I didn't have that figured out. Anybody else in here? Oh, it's amazing stuff. It's, it's really, really good. But I, but I find that out. See, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35, it, it kind of helps us understand why we must understand this. Therefore, we do not throw away your confidence, which has great reward. And I know for me, if I don't have this understood, and I don't have a grasp on this, then I begin to pray and I begin to ask God to do things in my life and all of a sudden I begin to look up and say, well, did I pray right? Did I say it right? Now, we're not denying attributes, absolutely not. I mean, we see the attributes of the Holy Spirit and Jesus. We, the Holy Spirit didn't die on a cross, Jesus did, amen? Okay? But we look in Scripture we have to know Emmanuel, God with us. And I want to have confidence that whenever I get on my knees or I'm in my car and I call upon the name of the Lord, I call upon Jesus, or I ask the Holy Spirit to help me, I ask Father God to help me, I ask God to help me, how many of us know that God hears us, amen? Because behold, our God is one. We sing the Apostles' Creed for one purpose. We sing that. And I believe that we've, we, we take some simplicity, if you will, to a very difficult issue. Because how do you build confidence in people when they don't feel confident and they always feel like it's on them? How many of us know it's not on us, it's on God to answer? It's on us to ask, and we have grace and mercy. I, I was thinking about this, Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. So many times we've heard that scripture and, and we, we, heard it, we hear it connected to the prosperity gospel, okay? And that is a very dangerous gospel, okay? Because that's not the gospel of Christ. It has some of that in there, but you don't give to get, amen? We know that God honors those who give. I give because Christ has made me a new being and a new creature, and I no longer see money like I used to, so I invest it because I know that God's going to take care of all my needs, amen? So here I I was thinking about this and my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches of glory in Christ Jesus This is the thing that I was thinking about, you know, I don't know about you guys, but my needs change from day to day See the reason why I need to understand that God is one because my needs change from day to day We know if we talk about the holy spirit, jesus says the holy spirit will comfort you and lead you and guide you We know that jesus says if you look at my words, you will find truth because they are truth and I am truth John 1, 1, all that type of stuff. We know that Father God loves us and he looks down and he's proud of us even in those moments that we don't make him proud, amen? And I don't know about you, but I I think so many times that according to his riches and glory, well, it is true. Sometimes I might need help with a little bit of money. Anybody need any help with a little bit of money on occasion? Oh, man. Yeah, I remember I got out of whack with my tithes and stuff like that, and I found my dad, I found myself on my front on my dad's front porch borrowing fifty dollars just to make it till payday. And God pricked my heart and he said, if you'd do it my way, you wouldn't be in this situation. What? Well, you know, happy New Year to you too, Holy Spirit. You know, I mean, what do you say? But the next day I might need to be led and guided. The next day, I might need a little bit of mental stability. Anybody been there? Might need a little bit of sanity. I might need a little bit of healing in my body. I might need some things in my body that I don't even know or some things in my life. God, I need some relationships healed. See, it's all of, his, all of our needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. What Christ did on the cross was enough because now we are with God. We are righteousness through the blood that was shed on the cross. Amen. And my needs change and your needs change. So we go to God, and we say, God, you know what I need. And if God uses his spirit to speak to me, awesome. If I read the words of Christ in the Testament, awesome. If Father God knows that in that moment I need the love of a father, he's gonna wrap me up and show me what I need. And I can be at peace, because I understand it's manual, God with us. So whenever I say God, We need to realize that god means god means all the good stuff means when we read the scripture the things that he did for the apostles the things that he did for the prophets he can do for us now will he always know because we're not in the same circumstance sometimes i want him to stop time because i wasn't prepared not because i'm fighting a battle for him anybody else been there Sometimes I I want him to provide a a big lump of sum of money, not because I gave it in the right way, but because I was stupid and I spent it in the wrong way. And it doesn't always happen that way. Sometimes I need God to move and he doesn't always answer like I want him to, or even in the time frame that I want him to. But one thing that I know is I can trust him because it's God with us. It's amazing when you think about that. Now, let's go on now, this understanding of with. So it's God now, with. What does with mean? It's to be in one's presence. That that God came down from heaven and is with us. I mean, think about that. That the cleanest that we could ever imagine came into the dirty, filthy, nasty world. That... That that God who had all the riches, and like Pastor said this morning, it was from riches to rags. It wasn't the other way around. If you read the story of Christ, the only thing that motivates you in the story of Christ is love. Not that you started out with nothing and you gained it all. Started out with everything, and you left it where it was to come down and be with us. To be in our midst and our presence. That's what the Jewish leaders could not, happen, could not handle. It was God with. But sometimes we miss this understanding of with. And there's three reasons, and there's probably more, but just three thoughts I want to leave you with. Why do, we, why do we miss the with? Well, first of all, we're overwhelmed at times. Have Anybody ever been overwhelmed? You just emotionally, like this is Christmas season. For some of you guys, like that's me right now. I understand that. But sometimes we're just overwhelmed. We're overwhelmed by what the enemy throws at us and what life throws at us. Isaiah chapter 59, 19. When the enemy shall come in like a flood. We we read the rest of that and the Spirit of the Lord shall lift us up and we get excited, but we must not forget it doesn't say if. It says when the enemy comes in like a flood. It's in that moment when we gotta decide where our faith really stands. And many times we can be nitpicky and all this other stuff, but if we understand that God is with us, then even in the moments that I'm overwhelmed, I can have moments of peace. I've been going to uh, Planet Fitness here lately and I've really been enjoying it and I don't want to freak you out, but one of the things that I started doing is uh, I go back to the back and I get my little mat out and I put it on the ground and, and I do a little bit of yoga. Now, the good news is I don't wear no yoga pants. So don't, yeah, get that picture out of your mind. That's horrible, okay? But, But what I do is I get in the back and I do yoga. Now, Pastor Mike and I were talking, I don't know, several months ago about the proper way to do meditation, okay? And understanding that there's a proper way to do it because the Lord says to meditate on his word day and night. So there is an act of meditation, but the Eastern mysticism would say clear your mind, make it vacant, and just sit there. And that is the single most dangerous thing you can do. Because scripture shows us what happens when you clean stuff out and you don't put the word of God back in. Yeah. That spirits come back and all kinds of stuff. Okay? That's what happened. If you look at the major religions as a researcher, it's interesting to me. I was talking to my sister-in-law about this the other day. About Joseph Smith and Mormonism and all this different stuff. I said, he saw an angel of light, right? And she goes, Yeah. That's what convinces people that it was really from God. I said, but it's interesting that Paul wrote way before Joseph Smith ever saw that vision that says, even if an angel of light shows up and gives you another gospel, let them be damned to hell. That's right. But homeboy was out there doing whatever he was doing up underneath the tree, chilling out probably, having a mind that was free, and guess what? Something filled it. If you look at, I mean, I could go on and on, but if you go research those religions and where they came from, a lot of them started because somebody was like, I was on a journey and I cleared my mind, and all of a sudden I had this huge vision. Yeah. That's not what I'm talking about. I get in there and, and, and I meditate when I get overwhelmed. I don't know about you guys, but things come at you fast, man. And I get in there for ten minutes before I do the weights and do all that other stuff. And I sit down and I I do some of the stretches. And I play my Christian meditation music. And the whole time, this is what I'm telling myself Matt, you were designed by God. Your temple is to honor God. You want to relax right now, but God's got a great plan for you. Lord, I love you. I care about you. Those are the things that I fill my heart and mind with. And you get, and and you feel that. um, Psalms chapter 119, verse 15 I will meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. How do we not be overwhelmed? We meditate, we get to those points where we, 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 we sit down. And one of the things that I love to do is not even necessarily meditate, but when I read the word of God and, we're in, and Jesus is, is feeding the 5,000. I love to look around and I love to get in that moment and just turn off the lights and, and think about the smells and the people moving and the action and all the different stuff. Because I want to meditate on that. I want, to, I want to fix my eyes on those. So in those moments that we realize, God, are you even with us? Now, let's be honest. How many of us asked that question before? God, are you even here? Sure. Sure. Take a breath. You're probably overwhelmed, and you're missing the point that he's with you. So, God, I'm going to fix my eyes on what you're doing. Yeah. I'm going to fix my eyes on your word. The next thing is vision. Sometimes we just simply do not see. We, we lose what God is doing in the midst of everything because our eyes are blinded and all we can see is the problems in front of us. If you take pre-World really War, or really um, probably World War I, but probably the Civil War, we'll start there because it's kind of easier. But if you take um, um, Civil War and, and, and pre-Civil War all the way down, what the men would do as they lined up in their ranks is they would take a flag. And, on that, and they would take a, 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 a rail, if you would, or a stick, and on the top of that would be their flag, their colors. And there was one guy's job, and his job was to hold that flag. Okay, He didn't have a gun or anything else. He held that flag, and his job was to march forward. And this is the reason why, because as the cannons were going off and all the black powder rifles and people were yelling and all this different stuff, it was hard to see the person next to you. And the only way that you knew that you needed to keep advancing was you saw the colors continue to advance. So they would look up and see the colors and know that they're making headway and continue to walk forward. Does that make sense? They had to pick a point that they could stick their vision on and know as long as that's going forward, then I need to keep fighting. Now, this was the other thing. If they ever saw that flag turn around and start running the other way, they knew they needed to get out of there. (laughs) Retreat, you know, sound the bugle. (laughs) You know what I mean? But the thing is they found that spot that they realized because in the midst of chaos, In the midst of the battle, in the midst of all that, it's really easy to lose the vision of where you're going for the vision of what you're seeing in front of you. We're in a battle. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. And sometimes what principalities and powers do to us can create a blind spot. And we begin to get so wrapped up in that, because I know I'm talking to some of you. I've seen you cry at the altars. I've seen you cry at the altars for your neighbors, for your grandkids, for your kids. Some of you guys as kids have been far away and may still be far away from the Lord. And, and you're just so burdened by it. But we got to look at those colors and say, God, you're still moving forward. So I'm going to keep following you because God, you're with us. So I won't be overwhelmed. I won't lose vision. Psalms chapter 1, verse 5. Here's the prescription. Okay, if you're sick, you get a prescription. Here's the prescription if you feel like you've lost sight. Your word is lamp to my feet and a light to my path. So if you're thinking, man, I feel like I've lost my vision in the midst of my battle, go open up God's word and begin to read it because it'll light your path. Now, the last thing here is, is we tend to, tend to lose, lose uh, what we're trying to do because of the noise. We simply cannot hear God speaks gently. One of my favorite stories with Callie, and we don't get to do this much more, she's turning 13 and I've learned as daughters get older there's a little bit more separation there. They think dad's cool, especially when you handle money. They really think you're on the top of the world Then, the end. Um, I know some of you guys know what I'm talking about. But one of the things that would always happen is whenever I would walk through a, a store, and Callie would be eight or nine or 10 years old, I would walk into a place And she would usually be kind of milling around beside me and having fun. And then all of a sudden, she'd see a suspicious person. Have you guys ever seen a suspicious person? Yeah, well, don't admit it, I know. Randomly selected, yeah, right. So, suspicious person, all of a sudden, she's three feet away. The next thing I know, Callie's right here on my hip. Like I'm walking around. Like I have an old one of those CD players on my hip. You know what I mean? I can't walk very fast, okay? And then here in a little while, she would get kind of chilled out, and that person would move on, and she'd kind of start meandering. She'd see another suspicious person. All of a sudden, she'd get right next to my hip, and, and she understood something that I understand now about God even more, and it's probably because I'm a father, is she understood. Listen to me. She understood who she was with. She understood that her dad was there, that he was going to fight for her, protect her, do whatever he needed to do to make sure she was safe. We just need to realize who's with us. Your Father God loves you and he's with you and he cares for you. He'll walk with you. Suspicious things start happening, get closer. I love the example that that Robert Morris uses. Sometimes as sheep, we're out here on the fray and and Jesus is is in, in there as a good shepherd. And what we need to do is just say, "Scoo me, scoo 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 me," and get right up next to Jesus, because we have got to know who we're with, and we can be blinded because we're overwhelmed. We lose sight, and the third one is just the noise of the world cancels it out sometimes. Sometimes God is speaking to us so gently, but because of the thing that we're facing is so big and so loud, we lose His voice, don't we? And we can respond because it says the sheep know his voice. Psalms chapter 119, uh, verse 119, verse 24. This is what what David's writing. Your testimonies are my delight. They are my counselors. You want to lift up your spirit? Make sure you're hearing the voice of God. Get around some people who begin to testify about how great God is. And, and, and if you can't be around those people, open up the word of God and begin to look at Joseph and begin to look at Moses and begin to look at David. Read through those Psalms about David saying, listen, when nobody else was around, when everybody else left me, my God stood beside me. And we begin to read some of their testimonies, the testimony about Peter, that whenever everybody else had given up on him, Jesus brought him up to the shore and ate with him in three different times, began to affirm him because he had something greater for him we have to cancel out that noise because god speaks to us because he's not just hanging around floating around he's with us he's inside of us the testimonies are my delight and they are my counselors and finally the third thing that i want to park here on is simply us understanding us. I'm going to ask Waylon to come up, if he would, and play on the piano because I want to do something a little different tonight uh, as far as we pray because I really want to have a little bit of a prayer session. We won't go very much past seven. But this is the final thing, and I don't have to spend a lot of time, us, so God with us. Who, who is us? Exodus chapter 20, verse 12, which we could go back further but we'll just stop there. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt out of the house of slavery. Who is who, us? We were the ones that was enslaved by sin, that didn't stand a chance that had no hope. Our only hope was Jesus dying on the cross. Our only hope was Emmanuel, God, with us. That's who we are. And sometimes it's easy to think that we're somebody else, but we're not. Now, we're much more through Jesus Christ, but without Jesus Christ, we're destitute, blind, naked, hopeless, Amen. Psalms chapter 95 verse 7, for he is our God and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. I was going to show a little video tonight, but I didn't. But this guy is doing his very best and he pulls this sheep. I'm sure you guys have seen this. He pulls this sheep out of the ravine. And the sheep bounds to the side, takes three different steps and jumps right back in the same ravine that they just pulled him out of. Sheep are dumb. They make bad decisions on the regular. (laughs) That's the reason why they have to have a shepherd. So who is us? Sometimes we sheep. We make bad decisions even when we know to do better. So that's the reason why we have to have confidence that we know that whenever we do bad and it's really a bad decision and we know it, we can still go to Father God and he understands. He'll love us. Romans chapter 3, verse 23, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That's who we are. God, we can't make it without you. But then we think about Emmanuel, God with us, and who is he? He's mighty God. He's delivering God. He's saving God. He's loving God. He's powerful God. He's a God who leads us. He's a God who guides us. He's a God who corrects us. He's a God who will not quit loving us. He's a God. When we need help, we can say help. When we need deliverance, we can say help us. When we need guidance, he's there. And when we needed salvation and didn't even know we needed salvation, Emmanuel, God with us. When we need a word, when we need hope, when we need faith, when we need healing, we go to one place, one person, Emmanuel, God with us. So what do we celebrate this season? We celebrate hope. We celebrate faith. We celebrate the way that Jesus did everything that he possibly could to draw as many people that wanted to come unto him. But he's not going to twist our arm. It's us giving our heart and our life. Amen. Would you stand up with me? What I'm going to ask that you guys do today, as Waylon plays, we're just going to put this into practice. So I'm going to ask you guys to slip out from your seats, if you would, and come down to the front. We love to dismiss as a family. And and we're just going to take a minute or two to pray. And then what I want us to do is just get in some groups there, and and we're going to pray for one another. So maybe you know the person, that would be fine, and then you can call them by name. Maybe you even know a little bit about their situation. But what we're going to do here for a moment is just, God, you are what we're looking for, and that's what we celebrate. So, Christ, you gave your life for us. You're our hope. So let's just pray for a moment by yourself, if you will, and then we're going to do a little bit of other guided prayer. Father, we thank you for your grace and mercy, and we stand at the altar. And, God, as we go in and continue on the Christmas season, Father, we realize that this is what we get to do because you gave your life for us. Our hearts bowed to You. And Father, we pray for us as individuals because we know who us is. We make bad decisions. We do things we don't need to. But God, we also know that we want to be people who love You and who care about You and lift up Your name and proclaim the gospel and do all those things, God, that You want us to do with fire in our bellies, God, and a story in our heart. Oh, Father, that's, that's us too, that we're called by your name, that we've been delivered, that we've been set free, that you loved us so much that you don't want to leave us like you found us. That's who we are, God. But we're only all of that through you. We're nothing apart from you. So, God, our heart is bowed to you. And Holy Spirit, speak to us use us in this moment right now god whatever you want to show and reveal to our hearts we bring ourselves to you and pray for that god if it's to be a stronger person in our family in our community in our job we we bow to you and pray god that you would speak that and let us respond you're worth it you're worth it god so help us god because we know you're the only solution and all that we've looked for we find an Emmanuel, God with us. So, Father, we love you. It, it was interesting, as I was doing the research on God with us, this is what it actually turns to in the Hebrew. It actually means, with us is God. It's very interesting. It's with us is God. God. So would you do me a favor, get in a little group there. If you're comfortable with some people around you, maybe you know their situation, maybe you don't. And we're just going to pray for one another. We're going to pray. And we're just going to take this moment at the altar and do what we practice, what we preach. Father, thank you for these wonderful groups, God. We thank you, Father, that we're praying for one another. God, we may or may not know each other, but we do know, God, that you can intervene in this situation, God. You can make the lonely heart, God. Oh, you can make it feel so much love. God, you can bring the brokenness back together. God, you can put people on point. Father, the ones who are lost, the oh God, the, the ones who are in this group tonight, God, who cry out for their lost children, God, and their grandchildren, God, that you would move, God, that you would move, God, you hear us because you're with us. Oh, God, move your mighty hand, God, that that people would witness and love them, God, and they would fall in love with you, God, and paths would be redirected in the hearts, God, would come back to you, Father, the ones that have taught it, God. Oh, Jesus, that their hearts, God, and for the ones who need healing, God, for the ones who have suffered loss, oh, God, you see your people and you're with us. Thank you, God, for what you're doing in the groups as we pray for one another. And God, we have to pray, God, for our nation and for our community. God, that people would recognize that you're with us and you're here and you'll help us. Father, so lead and guide and give wisdom. God, protect the people who work so hard in our community. Father, the law enforcement, God, the first responders, the medical professionals, the educational People, Father, the business owners, the the ones, God, that have heavy hearts that try so hard to make it better and do it for your glory. Encourage them, inspire them, protect them, keep them safe, we pray, God. Give them wisdom, give them favor, God. Father, this is the reason why we can come together and shout out is because Christ, you gave us the opportunity. And it's no longer we who live, but it's you who lives in us. Thank you, God. Father, for these wonderful people who've come together tonight. Fathers, we've prayed for one another and heard your word and we believe in what you're doing. God, help us to be surrendered to your call. Help us to be surrendered to your will. Help us to be surrendered, God. God, thank you for the encouragement, for your blessing, for your splendor, for your love, God. Thank you for these wonderful people, God. Thank you for the prayers for one another, encouragement and strength, God. God, we love you. Thank you. As your children, thank you. God, bless these wonderful people. Keep your hand upon them. Let your face shine upon them, God, as they go out and meet with the different family members and the different people at all the parties and the get-togethers and the fun. God, just let your spirit permeate from their face from their words from their actions help us to celebrate this season as we celebrate you christ emmanuel god with us we love you we praise you we worship you in the mighty name of jesus christ everyone says amen, amen. we are so thankful you joined us today we would love to hear from you at ray of hope podcast at gmail.com let us know how you are encouraged and how we can pray for you. Remember, Christ in you is the hope of glory and hope changes everything.